No tree chooses its own destiny. Some trees are cut down and made into toys, or tables, or houses. 150 years ago, two redwood trees in a forest not far from here were cut down and sawn into the boards that would make up the walls of this house of prayer. Some trees have an uglier destiny. There was a black locust tree in the rural cemetery here in Santa Rosa that became infamous as a lynching tree. It happened back in 1920 when an armed mob broke into the Sonoma County Jail to haul out three gangsters who had shot dead the Sonoma County Sheriff and two other policemen. After the vigilante hanging, the tree became a morbid tourist attraction until after a few years it was cut down. No tree chooses its own destiny. But because they are tall and very visible, trees are often pressed into service by human beings. When we choose to hurt and to kill one another in public ways. In 1939, Billie Holiday famously sang of the strange fruit hanging from southern trees. The bodies of black men who were similarly lynched, not necessarily for shooting police, but for striking for better wages, or looking at a white woman, or perhaps for no reason at all. Of course, trees have also been used not just by mobs, but also by governments for this purpose. For as far back as we have written records, the Book of Deuteronomy has instructions for hanging criminals and for taking down the bodies of criminals who have been hanged. You must take down the bodies that same day, it says, so as not to defile the land. For cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. If you want to hold a public execution in a place where there's no convenient tree growing, say a rocky and bare hill just outside the city walls, you have to build your own tree. And that is how the cross was invented. A couple of boards knocked together into a simple, crude, but very effective instrument equal parts gallows and a billboard, which says simply, don't do what this person did, or the same may happen to you. A cross is an instrument of power and coercion, an instrument of social control used by those in power with something to fear if those they are oppressing should ever rise up. No tree chooses its own destiny. One tree might be made into a chair, another into a manger, another into a cross. 
and of all the crosses used by Greeks and Persians and Romans and plenty of others to crucify however many thousands of unfortunate public examples throughout the centuries. This one is the one we venerate today. Not the actual cross, of course. The cross we will bring forward in a few moments for veneration was made right here by one of our parishioners. Not as an instrument of violence, but as an aid to prayer and as a symbol of our salvation. But it stands in for one 20 centuries ago that was just the same as all the others and had the same gruesome faith except for the one whom it held. Faithful cross above all other. One and only noble tree. None in foliage, none in blossom, none in fruit, thy peer may be. We'll sing those words to the cross in a few minutes. Here is Jesus in his glory. Enthroned, as Jamie said to us on Sunday, not on a golden throne, but on a simple wooden cross. It was this he meant when he said to his friends, When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all to myself. He came to us as life itself. He lived among us as integrity, as joy, as freedom, as love. And because integrity and joy and freedom and love are magnetic and irresistible, he drew people to himself. And because integrity and joy and freedom and love are also dangerous. He became a threat to the established order, a threat to which those in authority, the Roman governing class and their local Judean collaborators, responded in the customary and very human way. It was Jesus' faithfulness that led him to the cross. It was his love for God and his love for us. He willingly took on the fate that so many of his human siblings had endured. A fate of public ridicule and public death. The evil of this world had its way with him as it has and does with so many. But he was life. And on this cross, life faced death squarely. And a victory was won on that cross. 
although it was invisible to anyone watching with mere human eyes. A victory that would begin to shine forth a few days later to a handful of those who loved him. And a victory that has continued to shine forth as he has, against all expectation, continued to draw people to himself, including you, including me. If you go to the church of St. Clement in Rome, you'll see behind the altar a stunning mosaic. In the center is Jesus hanging on the cross, crucified. But this cross is covered with doves, signs of the Holy Spirit. And from the base of this cross, grows a great green plant, its branches spreading and spiraling out in every direction, covering the wall with luxuriant growth. This cross, then, is not just dead wood, but a living tree. And as its vines burst and curl out in every direction, we see in them birds and animals, deer, peacocks, and every kind of creature. And we see people, people of every kind, monks and farmers, shepherds and peasants and nobles, women and men. And at the base of this plant, we see it nourished by four small rivers, the rivers from the book of Genesis that flowed into the garden of Eden. This tree, then, is not just any tree, but the tree of life. May it be so for us, too, who find in this death, in this life, a source of our own.